to Romans chapter number 1, Romans chapter 1, and uh, we're going to go there this morning and uh, give you a couple thoughts this morning. Um, if you looked at the bulletin, is is uh, return to God. But as we look at this text this morning, I see, and it's just a, a, a thrust of the message will be the returning to the Lord, but ultimately we are drifting from God. I don't think necessarily you personally, but just mankind generally is drifting from God. And uh, we're not closer to God now than they were a thousand years ago. Mankind is further away from God than what they were years and years ago. And so we need to return to God. But before we get to that point, I, I just give you a couple thoughts and we'll go forward. Um, just if you have your Bible, you've got it open to Romans chapter number one. Let's go ahead and stand, if you will. Let's stand. We'll just out of respect to reading God's word. If you cannot stand, I do understand that. So in verse number 21, Romans chapter 21, he says, because that... What is that because that? Verse 20. He says, so that they are without excuse. Because that. When they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were they thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And change the glory of the incorruptible God into an image more like the corruptible man, and to birds, and to four footed beasts, and creeping things. So we'll stop there. I'm just going to take this text, and point number one being the downgrade of man. Verse number 21 through 23 tells us the downgrade of man. What has taken place? Because if you look in verse number 20, he says, so they are without excuse, leaving not one person in this world without excuse. And because no man is without excuse, man has began to come back, or what we would like to say, backslide from God. And we'll go through those steps. And I'll give you one thought as, we, as we'll get to the end, one thought of how to return to the Lord. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for every individual that decided to come to church this morning. I pray for those. I pray that you'd help me to be an encouragement to them. I pray that you'd use me in spite of me. Lord, I pray that you'd uh, give me the words to say, the ability to say it, and clarity of mind this morning. I need it this morning. Lord, we love you, and in the strong name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. So we see in this text that this leaves every man without excuse. What does that mean? That, that means that God created man, God created man to know God. If you go back to the beginning of time in Genesis chapter number 1, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and then not long after that he, he created man, he created woman, and he created that for God. 
And so it was, it was God creating man so that they would know who God was. Now would you not look at this and see that how far we have come from Genesis chapter 1 to a man, the Bible says that he would walk in the cool of the day with God to where we are today. So just as, as we're into the sermon, here it is. Point number one is the downgrade of man. We have a few sub-points, but this ultimately being is that they knew God. God created every single man, every single woman to know God. Because of inside of every single person in the world is a God-shaped void in their life. Until God fills that void, that void exists in every man and woman alive. And what happens is, if God doesn't fill that void, they begin to fill that void with something else. And if God has not filled that void in your life, you will begin to fill your life with something else. But no man or woman is without excuse knowing that when God created man, He created man to know God. Now we live in a society today that says you shouldn't even talk about God and begin to discuss religion with anybody. How far have we come? The downgrade of man. Where it is taboo to even pray at a restaurant. Where it's taboo to even talk to other people about Jesus Christ. Don't even want you to pray in the name of Jesus Christ's name. But I'm going to tell you, when I'm going to pray, I'm going to pray in the strong name of Jesus, which is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and confess that He is God. So whether they like it here or not, one day they will kneel in the name of Jesus. Do you see the downgrade where God created us to be and now where we are? Because God didn't create us any different than what he created Adam. And he created Adam to walk with him and talk with him in the cool of the day. No different than how God created you and me. Why do you say that? Because no man is without excuse. Why do you choose not to walk with God? Because you choose not to walk with God. Why do you choose? Why do you choose not to know God? It's because you choose to not to know God. It is not anybody's fault. It's not, it's not your mama's fault or your daddy's fault. It's not anybody else the way that you were raised. You choose whether you believe in God or not. And I believe in God because I want to believe in God. And because there was a time in my life, June 14th, 1998, and I'll say it and I'll say it again, was the day that I bowed my knee and trusted Christ as my personal Savior. And that day, I put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone to take me to heaven. When I did that, you know what I said? I ain't worried about nothing else. My faith in Christ. When did you put your faith in Christ? God created me for that. The downgrade of man. 
we see first of all that they knew who God was. Look in verse number 21. He says, because they knew God. They knew God. Every single person knew God. They knew God. Number two, not only do we see that the downgrade of man shows that they knew God. Then number two is they glorified not God. Verse 21, and they glorified him not as who? As God. See, what they want you to do is they want you to downgrade who God really is. The no fear, no fear, don't fear anything. There is a God I should fear. There is somebody I should fear. They don't want to glorify God who he is. My God is not just the man upstairs. He's not the guy that sits up there. No, he is the God. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the God of heaven. That's who he is. He's not just the guy upstairs. I'm the guy upstairs. That's so disrespectful to talk to my God that way. Because that's what the world wants us to do is not even glorify that he's even God. The, 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 there's people out there that want us to say that Allah and God are the same, and they're not. Because my God was the God who created the world. My God was the one who said, hey, I'm going to speak that into existence. No, he's my God. I'll glorify him as that. Don't take away from God. Don't take away from who he is and what he says he is. He's my God. Glorify my God. And I'm not ashamed to tell anybody that Allah is not God. God is God. I don't care. Because I need to make sure that I glorify my God. Because the downgrade of man says, no, come on. No, you know, let's just call him, you know, the, all right, si all right let's have a, a time of silence for a moment. So now let's pray to the God of heaven. That's where we're at. Do you not see that in our society today? I see it. You say, why? Why are you talking like this? Because it's, he's telling us what's taking place. He said, because they have no excuse, and yet we're seeing the downgrade of man is they knew who God was, and they won't even glorify him as God. Because, you know, it's nice for me to talk about blessings. But who do my blessings come from? They don't come because I'm a good person. They don't come because I've worked them up. They came because God. My God. Don't steal the glory from God. Not only did they know God, not only did they glorify not God, but number three, they, Bible says in verse 21, neither were they thankful. They were not thankful. If you remember correctly, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the Bible says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Do we not live in one of the most unthankful generations there are? I am going to say that, to be honest with you, my generation, 
they are probably the most unthankful people there is. You say, how do you know that? Because here's, here's where it is. Anybody that disagrees with me, you're wrong. It's not, listen, it's not my opinion, it's the truth. People stand there all day going like this. What are you going to give me? Because they want something for nothing. And then they're not thankful for what they've got. And that's where we're at. But God did not create us to be like that. The downgrade of man is we're looking at this society is unthankful. Do we not, and we'll get there in just a moment, but do we not need to return to God? Because even if we look at our own lives, there are times where we're not thankful for what we ought to be. We're not the ones that's out there going, would you, I mean, come on. You gave me five bucks, you could have gave me ten. I've heard people complain about benefits that they, I don't know why they call them benefits from the government. Because health insurance and that kind of thing's I mean, it's not necessarily it's a benefit. It's a, it's a give me. It's something that the government's given you. Right? I mean, technically, the government don't owe me a dime. And because of their goodness or for whatever reason, they decide that they want to give me something, sure. With all the taxes you pay. But people want to stand around saying, well, I deserve that. Give it here. We're not owed a thing. I'll be thankful for everything we get. I'm not trying to be political this morning, but I want you to know we need to be thankful for what we've got. Not ever take for granted what God has given us, because what do I deserve? What do I deserve? Brother Chuck said it. Brother Jim used to say, what do I deserve? That's what I deserve. And yet God decided to place me here. I need to be thankful, not saying, well, shouldn't I get more and shouldn't I do more and shouldn't, shouldn't God give me? No, I need to be thankful for what God has given me and all that he has. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How can I do that? It's not running around saying, oh, poor is me. I don't do this and I don't get this. No. How do I taste and see that the Lord is good? Is bragging about what God has done for me and being thankful for what he's done. What do I deserve? I need to be thankful. Because we see that the downgrade of man is the they knew who God was. They glorified not God. And that they were not thankful. And then number four. This is verse number 21 again. But became vain, vain in their imaginations. What's vain mean? Emptiness, foolishness. That's what that means is their imaginations became vain. They became foolish. They became, they became empty. About nothing. Just about nothing. Our thoughts, our mind ought to be focused on what God wants and what God desires for our life. <coughs> if you see, this is what is happening to our, uh, not only, this is Paul saying it about the Gentiles at the time that, that slipping into apostasy, but I feel like today that right now we are experiencing 
some of these stages that are taking place, people are completely, uh, not, not all the people, when I say that, I, I'm not trying to lump every single person in that, in that, but they know who God is, they glorify not God, they're not thankful, they're vain imaginations, they're empty, they're foolish. And because of that takes place, the Bible says, verse 21, number 5, is that their heart is darkened. See, what happens is, is the further and further and further away from God we get, the darker it gets. Because who is light? He is the light of the world set on a city, right? So, no, so everybody can see that light. That light is the light in the middle of the darkness. The light in, in, to guide our path. The light to help us. But the world has taken steps away from God and they've gotten so far from God their heart is dark. There are places in this world that don't even know who God is. A missionary friend of mine is a missionary to Thailand. <coughs> and he said to me, he said that he's been over there and talked to them and he said, you know what, I can go to them and talk to them and get them to say a prayer to Jesus. He said, but after that prayer is over, they'll look at me and say, now, who is Jesus? Don't even know who God is. Our missionary to Canada, when he was in Tibet, the McTagg family, he told me before he could lead somebody to Christ, he had to teach them who Jesus was because they didn't even know who Jesus was. Because this world has taken steps away from God, so far from God, now 2,000 years later, there's, there's, there's countries, there's cities, there's places that are so dark, they don't even know who God is. But I'm afraid to tell you that if we Christians don't do our job and do what we're supposed to do, this world is not getting brighter and brighter. It's getting darker and darker. And it's not because the gospel isn't true. And it's not because God isn't real. And it's not because God is still on the throne. It is because the Christians are getting less and less and not shining as bright as they ought to shine. Because this world is not getting brighter. It's getting darker. And it's not getting darker because they're getting closer to God. They're getting darker because they're going further away from God. What's, what's the answer? What's the answer to stop this world from getting dark? You want to know what the answer is? You. You, you are the answer. I am the answer. You say, how can you be the answer? Because the, the guy that lives inside of you is the light. And he's the only answer this world has and needs for darkness. You wonder why? You wonder why? People act like they do because they're wandering around in a world full of darkness and they don't know where to go. 
and they don't know what to do. And they don't know what they're supposed to do because they're dark. Kind of reminds me of Noah's day. Hmm? That kind of fulfilled a little bit of prophecy a little bit. Wickedness, the things that go on. Number six, and I'll be through with this point. We'll go to the next. Listen, look at this. He says, <clears throat> and their foolish hearts were dark, was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Does not the Bible says, does not the Bible say in Psalms chapter 53 and verse number one, the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. The fool says there's not a God. The fool says, no, God does not exist. But they became so wise, they became fools. Now, how is that possible? Because the wisdom of man is foolishness with God. Man thinks that they've overcome God. Do you not see the, the evidence of the scientists? The, the further, the closer, hey, to, here we are, 2018. Scientists are further away from the truth than they've ever been. And yet we have some of the smartest, most intelligent scientists we've ever had. The furthest on space exploration we've ever been. And yet they still become fools. Not because they're not getting smarter. It's because they're becoming godless. And they don't care about God. They've become fools. And what are fools? Someone who says there's no God. And we have created, not us personally, but because of the steps away from God, we have created people who don't believe that there is a God. And they have become fools. Towards God. Now here it is. The question is. Can man return? Can man return? Verse number 23. The Bible says. And change the glory of the incorruptible. Of uncorruptible God. Into, the, into an image made like corruptible man. To birds and forfeited beasts. And creeping things. Stop for just a moment. What has man done? Man has taken steps away from God. Man has gone so far that they've even created gods that look like birds. And look like beasts. Who worships the cow? Huh? Who, who worships that? Because they've made themselves a, a, a god. Something to worship. I don't have to make a God. I have a God. Listen, it is possible. I'm telling you, we need Christians more so now than we've ever needed before to return to God. God is the answer for this world. We need a light in the darkest part of Africa, but we need a light in the darkest part of Nederland and all the surrounding areas. We need a light. Who's going to be a light if you don't? We need to return to God. You say, 
Why do you call it returning? Because God created us to be close to Him. And so when we run away, we need to return. So I ask you this question, how close are you to God? <laughs> you ever heard of the word, have you ever heard of the word backsliding? You know what it means to be backslidden? It means to be away from God. That's right. That's right. It absolutely does. But if there's ever been a time in your life that you've been closer to God than you are right this minute, you're back. Whether you're out partying with them on Friday nights or hitting it up or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you've ever been closer to God than you are right this minute, you're backslidden. And I'm telling you, we need to return to God because God's the only answer for all of this. Luke chapter number 15, I think of it very, uh, verse number 11, all the way through the end of the chapter, there was a father in this story whose son went out and lived it up and did all the wickedness of the world and the sin and the things that he should have never been. He was in a place he should have never been. He spent money he should have never had. And you know what happened? His daddy never, never left his porch and said, Come on! And he was standing there waiting for him when he came around the corner. I'm telling you, no matter where you are, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're doing right this minute, you get yourself and return to God. Because when the son got home, he got a brand new roof, a brand new room, a brand new robe, a brand new ring. He, from his daddy, and he kissed him, and he said, Get the fatted calf. Let's have a celebration because my son has returned home. I'm telling you, Christian, if you're backslidden today, quit sitting back there and saying, I'm fine, I'm fine. You return to God. Because we don't need to get on the slope that says, Man, I used to know God. I used to be close to God. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've not slipped all the way to the end where you've, you've got yourself a little idol at the house. Worshiping it. You may not be there. But if you don't do something now, your kids might be. Because the first guy, the first guy that ever came about that says, you know what? He didn't sit down one day and say, I'm going to create an idol. He got to the place where he didn't know who God was anymore. He quit glorifying who God was. He stopped being thankful for what he was doing. Then he started to imagine vain things, empty things. And then he continued to take steps in the wrong direction. Pretty soon, he was having an idol instead of God. Because you're not going to start here. You're going to start up there. And it's a slippery slope. Quick. Fast. You know what? I've soon... I've, I've seen people get into church as quick as I've seen people get out of church. Because it's a slippery slope. 
Because whatever's stopping you right now from being closer to God, you need to get it out of your life. I don't care what it is. Well, that's not that bad, you know. I just do it every other day, you know. It's not too terrible bad. But if it's keeping you from God, get it out of your life. What is it? What is it that's keeping you to be close, keeping you from being closer to God than you've ever been? Because what does the song say? Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Every day with Jesus, I love him more and more. Jesus saves and keeps me, and he's the one I'm waiting for. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. How does that take place? Backsliding? We're getting closer. Every day. Every day. Where are you at? I'm hope, I hope that I'm not on those seven steps of, of the Gentiles, but I'm on that step to returning home. You know the most exciting, one of the most exciting times in baseball is when they round third base. When they round third base, because you know what? They're going home. They're going to score. One of the most exciting times in this life is watching a Christian round third base and come where they ought to be, back to the Father's house. Where are you at? Get back. Return to God. Return to Him. God, I thank you for today. I thank you.